It's time again for the Scotty Johnny Podcast with your host, Scotty Johnny himself, John Barnett, and the ego himself, Cheddar Talk, Aaron Flottam, talking Wisconsin sports, NFL through D3, college hockey, doesn't matter. Two mics, two crusty vets, two opinions, one based in reality and one based in what do you bet on Twitter? With music by Delete Great Cars and Trucks. Here's John and Aaron. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Welcome into the Scotty Johnny Podcast. I am your not so humble host, Jonathan Barnett, and with me as per usual is Aaron Cheddar Talk Hey, John, what's going on, man? Uh, sorry for the last second last week, being behind the driver, family stuff, you know. So, yeah. And uh, it, it made me. Uh, it was a little saddening and doubly because uh, now I have to talk about a bad Packer game instead of hooting and gnarling about the Kansas City game. So, but uh, here I am, Rocky like a hurricane. <laughs> I'll say here I am, and we'll assume it stands for here I am, Rocky like a hurricane. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Never went to Miami, but here we are. All right. I'll remind you that, of course, you can follow the show on all of the socials you can find us on x twitter at scotty johnny pod you can find us at uh i'm sorry you can find us on mastodon at scotty johnny pod and then you can find me personally on blue sky at je barnett and mastodon at scotty johnny and on x twitter at uh not so humble host so aaron where do people find you uh you can find me john at cheddar talk uh i am uh just cracked 700 finally uh followers (laughs) Remember when we used to care about how many followers we had? Uh, yeah, so <laughs> finally 700. Uh, that's uh, at Cheddar Talk. Um, although I'm figuring at this point most of them are Russian bots. And as we yeah. spoke about the Russian last, bots and, are back. Yeah. Yes, uh, in full force too, man. It's it's insane uh, how many. Um, yes, and they they all want to send me pictures, John. They all want to send me pictures. And then you can also find me Apple Bottom Flottom uh, on Blue Sky. Uh, get over there. I'm starting to work that up a little bit. I've got some more friends there uh, growing little by little over there as well. So Nice. I had the one, I'm sure, assuming Russian bot. And it's like, hey, you want to see pictures? And I said, no. And then they sent pictures. And I was like, no. I had to like, delete the whole conversation. I was like, go away. I specifically said, no, no pictures. Don't even bother saying no because they they are not actually looking for an answer. They don't care. They're just sending. Yes, something. send me all of them. <laughs> all right. Well, let's kick everything off with a segment of our show that we like to call our main event. Starting things off with the main event. Main event this week. We'll start with the Green Bay Packers who. <laughs> It's just a roller coaster season here. I can speak. I know it. Um, it's just the um, the the sheer just drop off from having beaten the Lions on the road, beating the Chiefs, and then just falling on your face in just I can't nitpick almost any one thing. Everything about this game was terrible. They were they were all bad. Like Jordan Love was missing guys who were open. Um, w- receivers weren't particularly getting open a lot of the time. Uh, the defense was porous. This is one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the NFL. One of the worst offensive lines by every metric. And the Packers managed to get zero sacks, not one. He's he's, he's a third string quarterback. Yeah, he was mobile. He was the leading rusher. In the game for both teams. I mean, he's a fun story. Oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Everything about him is fun. 
but yeah. still. <laughs> yeah, um, play calling was ridiculous. The couple things that worked early, uh, Matt LaFleur said, why don't we do that forever? Um, like constant end arounds, constant uh, reversals, some way of saying like, what if Jordan, what if Jaden Reed, Jaden Reed just ran to the outside? Would that be cool? And they said, yeah, the first couple of times it worked great. And then the Giants are like, well, if we just stop that one play? And then they did. Every time for the entire second half, it failed, I think. Well, no, I think it works once. Not to to get too far ahead of ourselves, but, hey, when we needed a two-point conversion at the end of the game to make this a three-point game and at least secure overtime, let's run an end around to Jaden Reed. Why? Why? Uh, We ran uh, a flea flicker, a reverse flea flicker that was almost tackled the very first time broke away from the tackle and then still threw it to Jordan Love who then threw it nowhere couldn't nobody was open and it's like right what an incredible waste of time with all the cutesy crap that that we tried on this game and just just the softest patty cake defense of the year and, and some of that is, is is obviously Joe Barry and and just the complete soft play calling but to be fair, looking at that, he's not really calling some weird soft prevent. We were running man. We were just bad at it. And right. these guys did a bad job in a game. They should have thumped this team. And I think they believed the hype for a minute. I think yeah. they did. Yeah. The Giants are not a good team. I'm sorry. Yeah, they've got an okay record. but And they have some nice pieces. Saquon Barkley is a stud. But like you said, he wasn't even the, he wasn't even the leading rusher on his team. I mean, when you're leaving at crucial moments in the game, someone catching a five-yard hitch and leaving him with 15 yards to run to get your team in field goal position, I mean, I mean, it can't be all Joe Barry at that point, is no. it? No, it can't. it's not all. It, it, Joe Barry's not he's in there. scheming a defense that allows 15-yard long lanes that are 20 yards wide, right? No. I mean, someone, someone's missing assignments. That is correct. <laughs> People are just are, are missing things. The sheer idea that Gary couldn't find a way to get to the quarterback there through the entire game was just ridiculous. It was crazy. I do have to give the Giants credit, though, that they, they did. Uh, they must have told the DeVito kid, like, hey, you feel pressure. You just find an, a seam and run, you know, find yeah. an edge and run. Because that was part of the thing is that, Whereas some other quarterbacks would stick in that pocket for another second, half second to wait that receiver open. It was, he just took off a lot, which, you know, the Dobbs kid for Vikings did that against Atlanta too, where it was just like, it's almost unexpected. Like nobody does that. And that's why it's a not sustainable quarterback thing. Because if you start doing that all the time, then you scheme for it. But the problem is that they weren't scheming for it. Because I mean, because you don't scheme for that stuff, you know it's a one-off. But Devito won't be able to get away with it next weekend because someone will be there for him. So we started know. spying him the second half, just not effectively. Right. I'll say. Uh, yeah. There. And, 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 and you know, and I'm not against someone. You know, I, I never want a, a player hurt. But I mean, nobody ever put a good pop on him. Nixon did, and he he absolutely should have been penalized. He should have. Yeah, he did. You're right. That's right. He did. Uh, I'm shocked he wasn't. Instantly, instantly proved me wrong. But anyways. Sorry, um, yeah. That was was about the only time. 
so he's uh, so he got hit once by Nixon and and it was a I mean, dirty like, hit. That, that, that's one, but that's one thing that you got to do if you're going to have the young kid with legs and get him out of his rhythm. Is you know he doesn't have a spot that he's sitting on. He he's a runner, and the way you get to him is like hit him a couple times when he's running, and then he's not going to do that anymore. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Then they put Saquon Barkley at quarterback or something. I don't know. <laughs> right. I mean, um, <laughs> It, and, the, and the other thing, too, is like, so Saquon Barkley had that really bad handoff that the entire defense froze because they thought he fumbled it. Did you remember that play? Yeah. When he was running the Wildcat and he so, and, and, and Troy Aikman did bring up a good point about how running backs don't know how to give handoffs because why would they? Yeah, you they know? never practice it. They don't practice it, they practice getting it. And so that actually froze Luke Van Ness. Like Luke Van Ness saw Saquon Barkley go down and he looked right down, like looking for a ball on the ground. The guy ran right past him. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was just, Van Ness was the closest to a sack they had all game too. He tackled him for a gain of a half yard and everything that could go right for the giants kind of did. And everything that could go wrong for the Packers kind of did too, on top of it, you know? So the weird little bit is the Packers got one break, which is Saquon just falling over his feet and fumbling the ball to the Packers Mm -hmm. for, for no reason. Um, and then going down and scoring and they, they left way too much time on the clock, but that was the one break the Packers got all day of things falling their way for the most part. I I mean, and to be clear, like, I don't like, I'm not saying the refs blew anything like that. I'm just saying of the things that happen in football that seem to be more flukish plays, like the number of intercept, the number of turnovers in this game massively favored the giants and that's execution and that's playing. And that's how, how, how the team did this to themselves. So they did not make their own breaks, but they also just created all these these things here that went against them. They got one break, and then they were winning in the fourth quarter with under two to play. And all you have to do is stop Tommy DeVito from going down the field. And or, they or, do, do, or don't or don't run Jaden Reed on another screen on two point conversion. Catch a that punt was, with a lead. That is that is a nearly fireable offense. Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. How about how about hitting the craft kid on a quick out, oh, you know, or something like fake that? Fake that that run look with him, and yeah. then go back the other way with craft. Yeah. Okay. But then yes, you're right. But then just yeah, just all you have to do is stop Tommy DeVito. And yeah, uh, I mean, or uh, another thing that would have really changed the the outcome of the game: the Packers had a 10-7 lead at halftime, come out, get a three and out, and then fumble the ball. I mean, and then Nixon fumbles it and then jumps on it and then gets up and tries to run again and then fumbles yes. it again. Like, just fall on it and stay. You're done. Yes. The play's over. Like, just be done. Yeah, no, that was, yeah, yeah I don't have my notes because I don't take them. But, yeah, no, in, <laughs> in my head, yeah, no, you, the minute you said that, yeah, that where he fumbled it and then, yeah, just fall. Fall just on fall. it. Like a high school and, mistake. Uh, yeah, just just like just like Zadarius Tony the week before making a high that. Yeah, you know, you can't explain away high school mistakes like the Tony thing. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care if if, he was blatantly offsides and whatever. And then because we we didn't get talked about that last week. But yeah, the same thing with Keisha Nixon. That is also fireable. Like you can't do that. You're done. You fumble it. You get on the ground. You can't make up for that. The worst thing, the best thing you could do is pick it up and maybe get a couple yards. The worst thing you could do is fumble it away and give them the ball back mm-hmm. in great field position. Because that's the other thing, too. It's like, how many times did they have field position inside our 50? 
the Packers 50. Yeah. You know, and as far as the penalties on special teams and the offense go, I mean, they're running out of shells in the shotgun to shoot themselves in the foot with anymore. It, it's ridiculous. Like, it, yeah, no, it was. They're, they're constantly starting inside their own 10. Yesterday, that's what it felt like, just constantly starting inside their own 10, but then giving them field goal, field great. I, I, I want to know what the average starting drive was because, again, I don't use facts or stats. I just talk. So, but I mean, I feel like the Giants' average starting field position had to have been the 40 yard line. And the it's, Packers had to have been inside their own 20. Yeah, it sure felt that way. It, it, it's just one of those ones where the Packers did everything very much wrong and still almost kind of accidentally won, which is the only thing I can pull from this that the positive is somehow they almost won that game. Mm-hmm. And you would have, we would have sat here being like, that was gross. How did we do that? I mean, I'll take it. But but now it, we're sitting the, here, we're like, we're still in the playoffs, technically. Uh, it's, it's, not beating how the Raiders, gross is it? it's not beating the Raiders 3-0 to zero gross, but it would have been gross. It would have been gross, yeah. I'm actually more okay with the Packers' loss than the Vikings' 3-0 win. Packers should not have won. I mean, with the way they played, there's, I mean, any way around it. It was a terrible, terrible game. And now they're going to go, well, they're going to come back home. I mean, that was a road game. But, I mean, one they they're clearly should have won. They're still the seventh seed because everyone else is so bad. Yeah, everyone else keeps <laughs> failing, too. The Bears beat the Lions. Handily. <laughs> they, they destroyed the Lions. The Bears should have swept the Lions this year, like, quite yes, honestly. they should have, yeah. Um, but the Packers are going to bring Tampa all the way up to, to Lambeau this week. Tampa and Bay, Baker Tampa Mayfield Bay. Baker Mayfield coming up. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Just just so so we have this down, this is going to be a shell of both teams. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devin White is out. Vita Vea is out. Uh, Jamel Dean is out. Carlton Davis is out. William Galston is out. Quay Walker. Out. Yeah. Carlton Davis, the second. Um, Quay Walker, Christian Watson, Aaron Jones, Jair Alexander, Dontavian Wicks. They're all, all those guys are questionable. Uh, that's, that's, that's a terrible defense now for Tampa. Missing. Dontavian Wicks is questionable too? Yeah, he, he took a bad hit. Um, I know he did. From what we're, was questionable. From what they were reading, he said that his ankle is messed up. And I'm paraphrasing to remove words he used. Um, when talking, I believe to, was it, Patrikas or, or um, Domofsky. I can't remember who he said that to. Huh. Okay. Uh, but it looks like it might be a high ankle, so that might yeah. be problematic there. Um, well, and the good news on that one is that the Malik Heath is has looked like he has the tools to be yet another good young receiver coming yeah. out of this class. So. What were we playing out there with? Uh, Jaden Reed also got banged up at the end of the game. I think he might have gone to the protocol. He's not listed on the injury part currently. Oh, but... he, he got smashed running too many uh, end of rounds like a running back? Weird. Something. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so right now we're looking at a lot of Samari Toure and, uh, yeah, Malik Heath. And uh, I, guess, I think that's so, that's so crazy because Samari Toure – has been on the practice squad the last couple of weeks since Malik Keith got brought up. Tori had to play a bunch this week. Uh, yeah, he did. He was very involved in the game. Uh, it was him that it was him that missed the pass at the end, right? Or no, the the one the one pass that was underthrown by like a foot. Yeah, oh, that was Tori, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the one going into the end zone. That, if, if Love would have put another foot on it, he would have had a touchdown, but it got broken up instead. So which is fine. I mean, 
I mean, I mean, Turi, I mean, Turi's, uh, you know, I kind of felt bad for him being the odd man out with all this stuff too, because he made some good contributions as a rookie last year with yep. no expectations. Mm -hmm. um, and then, um, and so, uh, but so what we're going to have Dobbs, Toure, Heath, Reed and Heath. If Reed gets out of protocol. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a. Hey, time. Kraft has looked good though. Kraft, Kraft actually has looked very good the last several he weeks. Might, he might that. be the he might be the best third round pick we've had in a while. So we'll see if to... Kenyon Drake can play some this week. I, I yeah. don't think. I. Hey, Taylor had a Taylor ripped off a couple good runs. Been yesterday. the best running back on the team the last couple weeks. He should oh, be the he starter. Looked, he, he looked good except for the time when he didn't run out of bounds. He did that last week too. He did that last week too. That's the one That's thing. He like got the, let off the team. He's obviously has poor field intelligence yeah, when it comes something. to like what's going on in the game. But he can run. He can run. Yeah, he can really run. And he, he can catch and run too. Yeah, I mean he's got the tools. So yeah, he was the better running back out there the last two weeks. And yeah. if you're a little smarter, he'd be out there a lot more. Yeah, and and AJ Dillon, man, he's done admirably. I guess yeah. this year, but I mean the 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 amount of carries he did in college and just being a workhorse running back and being a big running back is starting to show. Like I don't know. Yeah, I think that's fair. He's he's been okay as long as we had our expectations where we kind of have them. <laughs> but yeah, no. Right. I mean, I mean, he's a great second running back. He's a good complement to Aaron Jones. Um, yeah, and if the Packers go. Two and two on the way out of here. Eight and nine is kind of what we thought. And by the way, that's where we finished the last year with Aaron Rodgers was eight and nine. I know so, the, the stats that they keep flashing up about Rodgers versus Love during their first year as a starter are scary. <laughs> how how remarkably close they are. Holly saw him for the first time when they put up that where you know um, Love has one more win. Rodgers had you know like twenty more yards, and um, they have the same amount of touchdowns. <laughs> and it's like it's ridiculous but hey you know this this team you know it, we say this and it's frustrating because it's our team and we want them to do well we want them to be ahead of schedule that's great you know but at the same time i mean they've already they've already exceeded expectation for this year i would say and i, I i'm the only thing i would have to say is that um you know, we we brought up I brought up earlier about Joe Barry isn't responsible for leaving huge gaps open and players missing assignments. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't know what to do with the defense. Um, Lafleur half put him under the bus. I mean, Lafleur is not a, not um, innocent of discretions yesterday either. No, I mean, no. there were some bad offensive calls yesterday, some desperate yeah. calls, but also some real frustration on his face with what was going on. But uh, he half threw Barry under the bus during the post game, you know. And so, um, even with all that mess, they had a lead at the end. And all, come on, just can you can you just do us this one here, just just mm -hmm. just one time, just make them at least kick it from sixty, you know. But no, we're gonna let them bang a chip shot. And uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's the thing I'd want to see going forward is how they're gonna handle that defense because, I mean, if this team's that talented, you know. I mean, Brian Flores over in Minnesota is showing that a defense coordinator can come in the first year and make a difference because the defense in Minnesota is not the problem. You know, it was a little bit at the beginning, but they got it figured out. 
you don't want to overhaul a defense and bring in a new guy, I guess, if, you know, if they're in the spot they're going to be next year. But I don't know. What do you think? I think the biggest the biggest problem I have with the whole thing so far is like what we kept saying is, especially since, you know, before we started going on the little win here, we were saying we want to see growth from this team. We want to see improvement. And we've been seeing that over the last several weeks. This game was a huge step back for a lot of players mm-hmm. and went very badly in many ways for a lot of players, except for you know Tucker Craft, um, a couple other guys. But the offensive Taylor. line, yeah, Taylor was fine. Offensive line was garbage. Uh, Rasheed Walker did terribly. There was one where Jordan Love gets sacked on third down. He even got a chip from the running back and then still just fell on his backside, and that was it. And you're like, what? Just my biggest problem was in this game was a huge step back. And what they needed is to find a way forward. Instead, they, they like I said, the this, it was just bad football all around. It was bad coaching. It was bad playing. There's no one place to put where did we go wrong here. The fact is – Every single person on that sideline uh, bears some responsibility, and they definitely just kind of messed themselves up a lot and had a lot of opportunities in front of them. And, you know, is part of it that they really finally just kind of believed they were they were who they wanted to believe they were? Uh, you know, beating the Chiefs, did that make them feel like they, they could look past these Giants who are not good? Uh Maybe. But the Giants were at home, and the Giants had won two in a row, and they felt good too. And there was a lot of momentum for both teams, and the home team came out and played the less stupid game. And getting out coached by grown-up Charlie Brown is not mm-hmm. a good look. Uh, just it's a bad look. Yeah, so, he does look like grown-up Charlie Brown. That's what I'm Other reference: they they were who they thought we were. They were who we thought they were, nice. and we let them off the hook. Yeah, Rip yeah. Denny, this is exactly Rip the Denny team. Green. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go to something a little better. We do have Bucks news. The Bucks did win their most recent game, but unfortunately they lost in the semifinals of the in-season tournament, which was made almost incredibly moot by the sheer fact that the Lakers are the champs, um, I have a which is hilarious. I, I have a thought on that from a friend of the show, Pete. That okay, we'll go change, ahead. We'll change, we'll change your mind about it. So just keep Maybe. going, though. But I'll talk about it a bit. I think the tournament's a good a good choice. I think it's an interesting thing to do. Um, I think they got to try something because before Christmas, nobody cares about the regular season. We never cared about it. It was always, hey, we'll get back to you in March. And we right. actually we actually cared this year. Especially yeah, we talked when, about it because it was worth when, talking about. When your team's in it, I think it's a great idea. Expanding it to more than eight teams, which a lot of people have said, is a terrible idea, I think. But I think I really think they just maybe need to change how people, how teams get out of their pools. But I'll shut up and let you finish saying what you're saying now. So. I would say even let it go longer. I think it was over too soon. Like, you barely knew what was happening, and then it was kind of over. Um, I guess that's my thought. But I, I don't know if it makes as much sense, because you're mostly just worried about this first part of the season, I mm-hmm. think. But... I would almost like to see it go longer, but still, uh, same point. The the teams seem to care about it, but also um, we got the stupidest outcome ever. Uh, uh, the last game was the sixth place team in the West versus the fifth place team in the East to see which one of them was the greatest team over the first quarter of a season. 
It's it's like not the, even it's, a like, it's, it's like the Major League All Star game, man. So, I mean, okay. the best team best team in basketball, Timberwolves, didn't even make it. No, they did not. It, they were it, terror. They didn't get out of their pool. Right. Um, well, and it, but but and all right. So also a friend of the show, Pete, told me um, yeah. yesterday when we were talking. He said that he's actually because if Indiana would have won it, it'd be like, oh great. Well, in, <laughs> the team that's won nothing ever just won that. Oh, let them hang their banner. So it does kind of legitimize it, and it put it put with the Lakers in there. It did put a little bit more screen time on the tournament itself, and um, and you know Indiana played really good against the Bucks. They weren't afraid of them. They really took it to the Bucks too. They beat them twice this year. the last two games. They've won both of them this year. They're they're decent, but I mean there is something to it that you know like the Timberwolves weren't even in it. And they're the best team in basketball right now, which is a, a weird statement to even say. The team's been in existence for 30 years, and I don't think anybody could ever say that before. They've been in first place longer this year than they've been in their entire existence. What? No. <laughs> so, no, no, no. They have been. Like, what was it? Was there the, the, the time on top of the the West as number one team in the West? They had to have had, like, two seasons of Kevin Durant making them the best team in the West, right? No, they weren't the best team in the West, and they only made one finals. Yeah, but they were a one seed one of those years. They didn't make the NBA finals. They made the Western finals. Western finals, but they were the one seed. There was a strange fact that they huh. popped, they popped out the other day. It's like right. it was just unreal. Like, the Timberwolves this year, the time, time in first place is more – maybe it's the most in the last 20 years or something like that because they haven't been in the last 20 years, but, like – Everything they're doing right now is just, un- but but yeah, they weren't in the tournament, and that's and that's weird. And yeah, it is weird that we had a five versus six. You well, know? and here's the fun part too. Um, if you remove the uh, in-season tournament games, for which the Pacers were six and one, and the mm-hmm. Lakers were seven and zero, oh, both teams would have losing records. Mm-hmm. They have losing records in non-tournament games. Right, exactly. But I mean, it also <laughs> says it also says too that you know. Obviously, the Lakers prioritized the tournament. Okay. And maybe you should prioritize the tournament over your other games during the early season, which, I mean, would make it, would also legitimize the tournament even more. Um, Because, I mean, because before Christmas and before February, nobody prioritizes any games except for high end, you know, TNT, ABC games, you know, stuff like that, you know, uh, you know, weekend games, you know, on primetime and stuff like that. Like, Nobody prioritizes games. Like they prioritize games, and the Timberwolves did not prioritize their tournament games. They were just playing. I mean, they just lost their fifth game of the year, but somehow mm-hmm. they lost a game in the pool and didn't have enough, you know, uh, plus minus. Now, I guess, like, you know, they what I've two heard games. is that what I've heard is like taking the one, two, and three. I mean, Denver didn't make the the playoffs either, or make the tournament either. Nor did the Mavericks. So. I, I don't know if they want to change it somehow to make sure that like at least the one, two, and three teams from each conference are in the tournament or something like that. I mean, it, it does seem a little fast. I don't know. If you go to 16 teams, that kind of takes away the lure of it because then half over half of the league is in the tournament. Maybe that help. Maybe that helps. Maybe that doesn't because you're not going to do like a 12. I, I don't know. It, it, the scheduling nightmare of making it a regular season game like they have to do minus the final is that would be insane trying to schedule that many regular season games that count as regular season games and not tournament games. 
or as as tournament games, right? So I think that's part of the problem too. Um, but I think it's good either way. Back to you, John. Yeah. Um, I guess I would feel less weird about this whole thing if it had been like the Celtics win it because you know the Celtics are the number one seed. They have the best record in basketball. Right. And they're a blue blood. You'd be like, oh, okay, there's a. But the the one thing I will say that I think is the greatest single thing that will come out of this in-season tournament is we can now say LeBron has more in-season NBA Cups than Michael Jordan ever had. <laughs> right, exactly. Let's just say that, and then we can talk about how worthless Jordan was because it's another yeah. stupid thing to try to compare. Uh, but Pete, it, Pete, was, Pete, was, Pete was talking about that, too, is that uh, the LeBron James Lakers now have two titles that are absolutely worthless. <laughs> That's the, true. The, 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 the bubble, the bubble uh, championship and uh, the in-season tournament. So, yeah. And let, let's, let's not call the in-season tournament worthless, but yeah. I think, no, it's not worthless, but it's, I think, it, I think it'll be a weird. thing going forward. I really do. And I, I appreciate the NBA and the NHL are definitely, is very flexible with their rules to make the game the most popular game on earth. And the NHL and the NBA are very good at innovating. Yeah. The hardest part is that football is still good on radio. Baseball is good on radio. Hockey and basketball are hard on radio, Yeah, uh, which matters a little bit. Also hockey's harder on TV though. Um, if you didn't play and know hockey, it can be harder. I get, but hockey is by far the best sport to watch in person. Oh, 100%. 100% is the best in in person. The difference between in person and at home is largest in the NHL. Mm -hmm. Of all the sports. um, Polar polar opposite, football. Football's better on TV and sucks live. If you're trying to pay attention. If you're trying to pay attention to what's actually happening on the field and see what's happening, it's much better on on TV. Oh, I like it better on, on the game. Being there. But I'm saying yeah. the atmosphere, no, atmosphere of a game is awesome. But like if you're trying to see what's actually happening, no. no. <laughs> Football's best. There's so many moving parts. Football's way better on TV is if you want to see what's actually happening. Plus, you're getting all the information. Half the time when you're in the stadium, you're like, what just happened there? <laughs> so, you know. um, but, yeah. Yeah, I guess to a certain extent. But, I mean, the one thing I like about football when you're at the game is I can see all the routes. I know what they missed. Where you can't ever see the receivers until the ball is thrown because the, the angles on the cameras. It's just the way they're working the TV is fine. Some of us don't sit in the lower bowl, John. So <laughs> There's really just the one bowl. And Lambeau yeah. is basically just one giant bowl. It's just so good. There aren't bad seats at Lambeau. Our, uh, uh, those ones up in the 700 top corner. No, but the angle is so yeah. steep that you're actually not that far from the field. You're not. You know, so where we sat for that Vikings game is what would have been the back row of the old stadium, like before mm-hmm. they added everything on. Like, yeah. you'd be able to see your car from the seat we were sitting in, right? Yeah, um, yeah that proved it. And that was a that was an end zone seat. And it really does. It really does prove it that, you know, there's not a bad seat in Lambo because it yeah. is so steep. But All right. But back to basketball. Yeah. Um I'm I'm starting to have some concerns, you know, some worries. You know, mm-hmm. just, just said, you know, Vaughn from community, like, oh man, some worries. Like, whoa. Um is are the Bucks just bad at defense? Is, is that gonna be a thing that kills this team? Cause last year, when they would play the Pacers, Pacers could still shoot. They were able to score but the Bucks would make adjustments to just kill them in the paint, and they're like, "You got to score the first time, you got to mm-hmm. score the first time." Uh, and it, 
I don't know that it feels that way now. Giannis had a negative plus minus against the the uh, Pacers in that game, this last one, and that that's a bit concerning to me. Like it, it was a large one too. He's he was a uh, oh I'm sorry no he was just negative negative five, but only two starters were positive in their plus minus for that game, and that's Dame and uh, Beasley. I don't know. I just I have some concerns. They give up a ton of points this year. Just just massive points. Uh, they lose 128 to 119. They're scoring more than they used to. Um, but their average point differential is a plus 0.34. Uh, Pacers uh, are plus 8.4. Uh, Orlando's plus 5.1. Uh, the 76ers, who are behind us, uh, plus 8.8. We have the lowest plus minus of any team in the top six of the East. Uh, it's, well, it's tied, I guess, with the Knicks. Who are sixth? Um, worried at all about what this defense means going long term here, Aaron? Um, or is it just I'm some just, worries? I, I really need to have a good conversation with a friend of the show, Pete, about this one too. Um, I, I think it just bears I, watching. What, because I mean, we knew that we lost a lot when we lost um, Drew because yeah. he is. He is one of the better de- better defending guards in the league, and that's not even a that's not even a question. But and and Drew and um, uh, Dame Dame is not known for his defense. He's he's a scorer. He's a scorer first, you know. It's, but I, I'm just thinking. I was just quick pulling it up here. You know, it's like the other problem is that like how much like so so we're 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 cons- and so here's what this in season tournament is good for, right? We are actually concerned with you know this team now usually we wouldn't even be thinking about it until like march but like i think about you know everybody's worried about it now because they haven't gelled yet and the one thing the lakers do have is that it's kind of the same team they had last year mm-hmm. so maybe that's why they did well in these tournament games but like you know i i, I just i was sorry i was vamping there while i was looking up the last year's team <laughs> You know the the roster from last year's team to see how many people we've lost from last year, you know, and you know this is in alphabetical order. You know, Grayson Allen's gone, mm-hmm. uh, Javon Carter's gone. Oh yeah, yeah. Jay Crowder hasn't played a lot this year because he's been hurt. Dragic is gone, correct? Right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. AJ Green's gone. George Hill's gone. Drew Holiday's gone. Serge Ibaka's gone. Joe Ingles is gone. Um, I thought Myers, Green signed. I thought he was. No, never mind. Who's that? I thought Green was still there somewhere. Oh, so Green's still here? I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, I get so. you right. I get you right. Sorry, I'm just going down. Um, Myers Leonard is gone. Um, uh, how, how did you say Sandro? Sandro's name? Oh, uh, Mamu Kalashvili. Mamu Kalashvili. Wes Matthews is gone. I miss Mamu. Uh, Noir is, is Noir. Noir is gone. He is gone by the end of the yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. They traded him last and season. And Wigington. So, so the only players we have left from last year, because we overhauled all of them. And believe me, I like having um, uh, Malik Beasley on this team. I do um, too. He's he's, he's legit. I mean, he should have been. I think he was an All Star at least once with the Timberwolves. But I mean, maybe he well, wasn't. But either way, he's he's he he was he's a good player. But I mean, so from last year we have Janice and Theonis. Marjan, who's still coming around, Pat, who's been hurt, Jay Crowder, who's yeah. been hurt, Green, 
Bobby apparently lit into everyone after that loss to uh, to, to the Pacers, and so maybe they'll get them going. I mean, they still had a very tight game against the Bulls after that, uh, yeah. which is a letdown kind of hiccup game. You could be careful, you know, try not to overlook them because the, the Bulls have not been good, but uh, Bucks pulled it out down the stretch, just better free throw shooting was good. But, but I mean, to answer, to answer your question, you know, Chris is still coming back from that which was must have yeah. been worse than way worse than it was because Bobby Middleton, Brooke, I guess you could say Robin is back, you know. Yes. Um, AJ, Crowder and Connington, kind of, and Giannis. So that's five. So that's five players. If you take out uh, Thanasis, Pat, and Crowder as, yeah. as, as regular players on the team, Pat's pretty regular, but I'm taking him and Crowder out. They're both pretty regular because they've been hurt. Thanasis is locker room guy. I'll argue for him all day long. Oh yeah. But I mean, Sideline this, guy. this is a new team. They have, yeah. they, they haven't, they, they need time to, to, to gel. Like, yeah. And I, I would feel more like I had more time to deal with that. If we were less concerned with the beginning of the season, which Maybe we'll go back to that now that we're like, all right, um, cool. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see in March. And a new yeah. coach, too. New coach as well. Yeah. I remember say this, that, too. That, that does change some things, too. Like, they, they've got a new thing, and it might be more of a, you know, player-friendly ideal and philosophy, which might tend to lead itself towards more scoring and more up-tempo. But also, at the same time, just, uh, I mean, you do have to stop the ball more and, and maybe they'll get rounded into that. We'll have to see. We'll keep our eye on it. And at some point we will have to bring Pete in here to talk about it. Adrian Griffin does still have that same face somehow that um, Bud did where he, where he, where he looks lost all the time. Just the whole. So, I mean, literally Pete could change his uh, old Twitter handle from coach bud face to uh, coach Griffin face and wouldn't <laughs> skip a beat. Just nice. keep on. Oh, uh, well, what we should focus on is in Milwaukee. The more fun one is coach Shaka face because Marquette is still, I think at this point, the more exciting, they're the most exciting basketball team in the state. Like the bucks are sure. early season. This, uh, this Marquette team has been uh, special. I mean, the fact that they all came back except for, you know, Omax. Um, who just tested really well at the the combine and decided to go out, but mm. after the to again the super weird loss to Wisconsin, which makes no sense, it never mm. should have happened. Um, it and on the show, like we've said this repeatedly, we all root for Marquette. Uh, I am a UW graduate. Um, the Marquette rivalry is fun for the day, and then Wisconsin students just root for Marquette after that. Like there, it's. It's a rivalry for in-state, but not like a real rivalry. I mean, it's it's fun, and you want to beat them, but in the you know slightly more than you want to beat UW Green Bay, who the Badgers also seem to play every year. But you know, because these are the two premier teams in this state. Uh, mm-hmm. But at the same time, I took way more joy in the Badgers beating Michigan State last week than beating Marquette, except for, you know then Marquette or Michigan State. Sorry, um, decided to just be terrible for the first half here and they've kind of fallen apart and they're zero and two in the conference but marquette bounced back big uh they came out and played number 12 texas at home the funniest thing about this is uh looking at this one here as this came up so it's number 12 texas 
at number eight Marquette Golden Eagles. And, and Marquette buried them, just buried them, uh, 86-65. Um, Texas kept it interesting for a while. They were leading until there was a point they got to 20-20, right? Exactly, 20-20. They hit, they hit there. It was a free throw, tied the game, um, and then it was 20-20. And then Marquette led the rest of the game. That's nine minutes to go in the first half. And then Marquette just took the lead and walked away with it down the stretch. Uh, they just they, they just looked better. They looked faster. Uh, and they looked mad, quite honestly. They looked they looked very mad at this one. Uh, I was just trying to see the team stats on this one. Because I was just trying to see, like, so three-point percentage. Marquette bounced back from the bad shooting game against Wisconsin, where Wisconsin was not giving up second-point uh, chances. Marquette made six, uh, 46% of their three-point shots in this game. You're not going to beat anybody who's making nearly 50% of their threes. It's just um, – and they shot 30 of them, 14 of 30. Ooh, and Texas is 4 of 16. So they made almost as many as Texas shot, and that that's crazy. Uh, rebounding was close. Mark had actually won in rebounding. They, offense, they had uh, 8 to 7 in offensive rebounds and 29 to 23 in defensive rebounds. If Marquette wins rebounding, they're going to win games. All those games. They they got murdered on the boards by Wisconsin, and that's why they lost that one. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they came out. They played exactly what they wanted to do. Cullick comes out, gives them a heck of a game, puts up uh, 28 on 11 of 16 shooting. Uh, did did just about everything they needed anybody to do. Uh, only one of the Longhorn starters and two overall even reached double digits. Uh Iguodaro still had a, a rough game coming out of this one with the like he did not look good in that Badger game and he came out and only scored nine against Texas, so Kolek picked up the scoring, Cam Jones picked up the scoring, uh, and then they went super deep on the bench. Part of the reason they were super deep on the bench is uh, they did like hockey shifts at the end of this one. You know, <laughs> same with the Notre Dame game, they came out and they're just like here's five other guys. The Notre Dame game was just absolute murder. Um, Marquette started the game on a 17-0 run. It's just, nice. How fun is that? They shoot 51% uh, from the floor, 33% from th- uh, percent from three. Uh, and Iguodaro came right back in this one, played a great game in terms of that. He gets 20 points on six of eight shooting, four or pardon me, eight of eight on his uh, free throws. So getting those free throws is a big thing. He did not. Again, against Wisconsin, he did not shoot his free throws particularly well in that game when he did get to the line. Um, then the fouls were definitely a hard thing. Against Notre Dame, again, 16 fouls to 13, so they kind of hang in there on that one, uh, not getting beat up on that. But, yeah, 42 points in the paint for Marquette compared to 18 for Notre Dame. I mean, that that is – you don't overcome that. You just don't. No. Um the I'm just saying, points off turnovers. This is the other thing Marquette has to have the, the turnovers. They get 30 to 14 points off turnover victory there. Uh, the they out rebounded them on defensive rebounds, slightly beat on offensive rebounds, and so yeah, just they're hanging in there on those. They were beating them in the paint, and that's a game that if you if Marquette's going to beat you in the paint, it's over. It's just over because you're not going to beat their guard play. Where you got to beat them is is on the blocks, and you got to out rebound them, and you got to get all those things, and they just couldn't do that. Uh, Wisconsin, meanwhile, came out and played Arizona in Arizona, number one ranked Arizona, 
and got the brake speed off of them. Uh, just Arizona was just up and down. They were everywhere. Uh, yeah, there was nothing Wisconsin could do about this. They shot 41% from the field. They, they did shoot really well from three. They just, after about the first half of the first half, you know, which would be a quarter in real games, but this is a college game. They play halves, even though high school plays quarters and the NBA plays quarters. Um, they were neck and neck for the first 10 minutes or so, and then just Arizona just pulled off and, and got away. Um, turnovers are actually even. Rebounding Arizona beat Wisconsin in this one. Um, but, yeah, Arizona having the home court uh, and, and shooting way better from the field in this game than Wisconsin did even though their three points were pretty similar, uh, just they moved way better with the ball. They were crisper on their passes. They, they did better getting into those, into the formations and doing everything. They, they're just, they were a more talented team. Wisconsin was not ready for this game, especially traveling way out there. Um, but they're going to have the good fortune that they are not going to play anybody for a, a little bit this week. They're going to play Jacksonville state on the 14th. Then on the 22nd, they'll play Chicago State. Uh, again, Jacksonville and Chicago, not states. Um, facts. Well, Mankato's not a state either. So. Correct. It's not a state. Neither is St. Cloud. Not a state. I've been there. Or Bemidji. Yeah. We stopped by, on our way up to Winnipeg, we stopped by the St. Cloud uh, Arena. Just mm-hmm. take a look at it. See the old WCHA foes? Uh, yeah, they'll get Iowa next year meaning January 2nd, we, mm-hmm. when they start for real in the Big Ten uh, because it's going to be all Big Ten after that. So, What, St. Cla- what? No, no, the Badgers. The Badgers will play Iowa January 2nd. January 6th, they will play Nebraska ball. Uh, okay. But, yeah, they got a couple games here to end out the year. Uh, you lost me there. You were talking about St. Cloud, and then you – No. I'm sorry. What, what happened? I don't know, man. We got, we what got are we talking little, about St. Cloud? Different uh, cities that aren't states. Chicago oh, State, okay. not I State. I, I, no, sorry. So you segued right back into what we've been talking <laughs> about before, and somehow that sounded like that St. Cloud State was going to be playing Iowa, and I was like, and that, they, and that no. they're going to the Big Ten, and I was like, wouldn't that be amazing? Wait, what? <laughs> you want to know a fun one though? Another Saint University is going to get some play here. Is Marquette will uh, welcome in the St. Thomas Tommies? Yeah, the on Converse. December fourteenth. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of my alma maters. Uh, yeah. No, they're they're going full on, they're going full on D one. That's kind yeah. of the talk. That's kind of the talk over there too. Is like, um, it, it as amazes if, as, me. As, as if Minnesota can't keep enough of its own in state talent, as in like Chet Holmgren and uh, the the uh, the brothers that played for Duke. The one beat the Badgers in the finals. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Ty Ty. Uh, I know who you're talking about. Zeller. Nah, Zeller. No, not Zeller. Um, oh. Oh dang it! Um, uh, either way, I mean, these are all these are all Minnesota. They can't keep talent in the state, and and, and the Dakotas are stealing them from them on the west side, and yep. Wisconsin's stealing them on the east side. Yep. And Duke has got a pipeline for basketball players now. Now St. Thomas is going to be rolling in. It's like the Gophers are going to be perpetually bad forever. And almost St. Thomas is so weird to me. It's it's this little school. Uh, mm-hmm. In St. Paul, down by the river, so in a really nice, money. by yeah, right on like Summit. Yeah, uh, tons yes. of money. Beautiful campus, gorgeous campus. Yeah. It's one of yeah. the best business schools in America. It started a law school from nothing. Nothing. Like, yeah. uh, well, like 15 years ago, and 
now they have a decent law school, which actually ended up killing the uh, William Mitchell School of Law. They had to, like, pull into Hamlin. And now they've got an FCS football team. They skipped D2, went straight to FCS. They they are D1 in men's and women's basketball and men's and women's hockey. It's such a weird thing to have seen this tiny podunk school. When I was there, their football team was garbage. I could have played on that team easily, except for I was very busy with a lot of other things and whatnot at that time well, in, in you, campus. You know, they, but, yeah. you, know can, you know what they can offer, John? Money? NIL. Yeah, they got tons of money. They got tons of rich graduates, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's all the yeah. people all, all the people that have lake houses up by Turtle Lake where I grew up are all, all St. Thomas people. So, yeah. It's a... It is a very good business school. They, they, well, a lot and, of people go there make money. And they have, and they have a, their high, there's St. Thomas High School, which yes. is a, a prep school as well. You know, so it's, yeah, it's, yeah. You didn't, yeah. You didn't, but they are not beating Marquette. We'll say yeah. that. Marquette has no, a high school not, too. not this year, not this year, not this year. <laughs> I don't know what no, year the, they're going to the, do. The St. Thomas Cobbers uh, <laughs> is, a, is a very interesting, like, how they've risen from like a D3, you know, okay, okay team in the MIAC to, now they're all going D1 across the board, and I really think that the Gophers are going to hurt from this one because <laughs> I, the Gophers can't even keep anybody from their own state. So Yeah, we'll see. All right. Uh, in terms of other Wisconsin news, uh, the portal, everybody. We're welcome to the portal. Bring you all on into the portal here because uh, guys are coming, guys are going. Uh, yeah. We did lose a couple people. Uh, we have some people who are leaving through the portal. Um, Trey Wedig uh, was a four-star kid out of uh, Kettle Moraine. Um, did see a lot. He didn't get a lot of play this last year. Um, so, yeah, he wants to go play offensive line somewhere else. Jordan mm-hmm. Mayer, um, who was a freshman who didn't see the field, he wanted to leave. He came in with Chris. Ross Gengler, I don't I'm not even that familiar with him. The big ones are Shamiri DK, who had some injuries and, you know, played very well, but has gotten less and less catches as he's been like they've recruited better guys. Uh Pauling's mm-hmm. a better receiver than him. DK's nice, you want to keep him. Uh but yeah, no, that's rough. Skylar Bell, who I really expected way more from, uh mm-hmm. looks like he's he's going off in there. Um yeah, it's I mean Wanted to see more from him and didn't. So that's strange. Uh, Miles Burkett, which is the saddest one to me. Uh, I thought mm-hmm. he was very good and he looked good last year when he had the opportunities. And I would have liked to have seen him get out there this year. I thought he was going to be a guy who was better than what we got out of Locke. But um, I mean, and he's a kid who went to Franklin, got them to a state title. This was his dream was Wisconsin got there and now he's leaving and it's kind of heartbreaking for him it sounds like you know his family's talking about it and i get that and i sad to see him go but i, I wish him well i wish all these guys well i want them to succeed yeah, sorry, 100%. Uh, so yeah but then the badgers if, 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 it, if it wasn't for the nil money um and them you know leaving for some players leaving schools to go to other schools to make money i would be a hundred percent in uh, on the transfer portal because you know, outside of a coach leaving, and we talked about it with the uh, the kid that came from Ohio State to the Badgers for basketball, um, Clay. Oh, uh, wait. From, oh, Potter, you mean. Mike Potter. Pot- 
Mike, Micah Potter, sorry. Yeah, yeah Potter's who's clay. I mean, yeah. Anyways, um, but yeah, like, <laughs> that's so, right. But I mean, this is before all the transfer portal stuff happened, and that dude sat on the bench forever. It's because he didn't want to be at Ohio State. He wasn't being used there. You know, you only have so much time to play in college. Like, I, I actually kind of like the transfer portal and the fact that, you know, like, if you know you don't fit, rather than being a misfit on the team that you are, or being way better for your team than you are, and you're like, I can go be better at this other team, or, and then you find out, oh, I'm, I'm my, I'm, I'm way, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm way out of my league here, you know, I need to go to FCS or to just, you know, the MAC or something like that. Then you do that, you know. Um, the, the problem is the NIL money. Is that you know that's what complicates this whole thing, and so. <clears throat> NCAA kind of really messed that whole thing up. But, yeah, I'm okay with the transfer portal. I'm just not okay with the transfer portal to leave and go get more money. But, you know, if you're not playing on a team and another team says, hey, come down here, you'll be a starter next year, no problem. You know, we, we're short at tackle. Yeah. That's fine. I like that. That's good. Transfer quarterbacks have been the most effective. Uh, how many transfer guys have won a Heisman at this point? Because we got Burrow. Right. I guess Hertz was a backup, uh, but Baker Mayfield was a transfer. Um, uh, yeah, the kid, the, the kid that just won the Heisman. Yeah, they got yeah uh, Daniels. He just you know he's a transfer mm-hmm. kid out of there. So yeah, it's like yeah, it's um, it just it that's what it's going to look like now. So I mean, I, I mean, think if it works easier. Third, if you're the third string quarterback at Alabama, and then they recruit another five star quarterback, and you're like, well, what, 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 what good is it me being here? You know, you're at Alabama because you want a shot, but when you're competing for three guys and you're never going to see the field, like, all right, well, you know, it was cool. This is cool. Thanks, Saban. You know, like I'm going to go play at, at Oklahoma yeah, State, whatever. you know, because yeah. they, they need a starting quarterback and I want to show my talent so I can make the show because sitting here as a second string quarterback for four years, you know, yeah, great. I got my college paid for, but I want to play in the NFL, you know, so, or I just want to play. Yeah. Cause there's no, play. cause there's no JV in college, which is a sin. And there's no, <laughs> no JV in the NFL, which is also a sin. So, you know, all these players that could be developing and becoming backups, they just don't play. All they do is practice, and God knows you can practice as much as you want. You're not going to get any better. You well, know, it helps. It helps, I mean, but yeah, it, it games helps, are better. It helps, but I mean, it doesn't help with game time. Yeah, you need it doesn't to, you help need with to get dealing with crowds. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the fact that college football doesn't have JV and that the NFL doesn't have a developmental league is BS. Yeah, at but, best, you know, the, the USFL and XFL came together, I guess, this year and decided that they're going to work together now. But mm-hmm. the NFL really needs to adopt because look what's happening. Like when teams get like three, four deep, like they, these games suck. Yeah. You know, anyways. So yeah. Right. yeah. the, um, there have been players coming back in from the portal for Wisconsin too. biggest one just announced today is, uh, Tyler Van Dyke, uh, nice. out of Miami. It's like uh, testing. It's just like testing free agency. Why not? Yeah. Uh, he, he's a guy, he, his first, He's been with Miami for four years. Uh, in 2020, he was in two games uh, through two passes. And then as a redshirt freshman, uh, he played 10 games, uh, 200, or probably 2,931 yards, 25 touchdowns, six picks. That's nice. Hasn't looked quite like that since then. Uh, last year, he played nine games. This year, he played in 11. 
Uh, he had 19 touchdowns and 12 picks. So his picks went up, touchdowns went down a bit. Uh, it was a rough year in the ACC for him, but it, it could be interesting. We can see maybe maybe the fact that this is the highest percentage of play calls that have been pass drop back pass calls uh, in Badgers history. Uh, maybe gets him excited with the idea that they'll be throwing more because I think they want to throw more, but also now that Braylon's gone because he's going to the draft, which he should have, maybe they start moving more that way. They didn't want to, you know, damage the relationships with the kids they had. I think they need to, they, they were in the idea of a transition. Uh, Longo wasn't going to make it UNC overnight because they had the guys to do a different thing. And he wanted to make the offense still work. Um, but, yeah, it would be interesting to see what we have here. Uh, as we said, transfer quarterbacks have worked very well in a lot of places. Not necessarily great everywhere because Mordecai was okay. Um, and then, I mean, we had several other transfer quarterbacks as well. But, yeah, we'll see what this guy does. I think the plan is always just another guy to get us through this year. And then next year we're going to have redshirt freshman, maybe Tower, who's the guy they wanted. And uh, that'll be more interesting there. Badgers also did add in uh, two edge rushers, which should, which is desperately needed. Uh, Gates is going to be going off to the NFL. He's one of the, the few big losses on this defense, uh, one of the, the good edge rushers this team has. But they are adding Leon Lowry after a super weird turn of events where he hired an NIL agent who claimed that he was like certified by the NCAA, which is not a thing. Uh, claimed he was like certified <laughs> by starting. different things, it's which starting. are not a thing. He turns out he was asking for ten percent of the NIL money. Oh. Uh, for reference, I've always heard getting your ten percent for an agent. NFL agents make three percent; they're capped at three percent. So they were asking for ten percent of this kid's earnings, uh, and they basically uncommitted him for him because they were hoping to boost the NIL money, even though. The five things he came and talked about were things like, I want to start, I want to keep my number, I want to get my bachelor's, and he said he wanted to get a master's and he wanted to play. And it's like, okay, um, all those things will happen here, and that, that sounds great. And he's like, cool, I'm on board, committed. Uh, then they said, we also want more money. And they're like, we can talk about that, but he didn't mention it once in their meeting. And so they kicked it around a little bit at that and then he fired them the next day and then they tried to get the athletic to not print the story about what happened it's so oh. crazy i mean lowry didn't have anything about that the agents themselves tried to kill the story tell them not to run it but either way leon lowry coming out of syracuse uh edge rusher 6'4, 239 a uh, big guy good strength uh he's gonna be coming over that that's a huge ad Another huge ad, outside linebacker out of William & Mary, the tribe. Their logo is, by the way, a two-footed griffin. It's weird. Go look it up. So the tribe is a weird griffin-looking thing. Uh, but Fantastic. he's he's a, he's a he's an edge rusher again. Uh, last year, he had nine sacks, uh, forced fumble and fumble recovery. Uh, the year before, he had nine and a half. And uh, he is a two-time FCS All-American. And we'll be joining the Badgers as an outside edge rusher again. So those are two interesting guys coming in through the portal, along with another big-armed quarterback. Um, and that, that we'll see where that goes. I'm going to be cautiously optimistic. Just you know, this is the time of the year to be cautiously optimistic. 
Or you could go crazy and be like those guys from, um, was it the Dr. Pepper ads? And like, I can't believe about all the hype. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the first play, guys. I'm like, oh, yeah. No. Um, just reasonable optimism. I want to put this in the main event yet before we close it out and go to the other things. But uh, Wisconsin, back in the Final Four for volleyball. And I'm very excited about that. They will be playing Texas on the 14th. Uh, and then the winner will play the winner of Nebraska and Pitt. Uh, the best parts of this so far are I thought the Badgers would get a chance at uh, Purdue, but Oregon beat Purdue 3 nothing, And then the Badgers had to, had to play Penn State, which is one of the few teams that beat the Badgers this year. And the Badgers uh, beat them pretty well. Penn State fought back, got into that second set, uh, made it a close one there, and then the Badgers walked past them after that. Like they, they just controlled them. They've been playing at home because it's their region so far, and that, that'll stop now. They're going to play in Tampa for the next two, if or one or two, hopefully two. Uh, game against Oregon went very well. Um, again, they got very close first and second sets. They split those. They take the third one, four set. Badgers got ahead. Uh by about like six and then kind of mostly held serve back and forth and just walked themselves to the end. It was very good. It was very exciting. Uh, and then of course the most, like there, there's, there were some incredible volleys in this one. Uh, Sarah Franklin, just standing on her head, Yuli Orzao making some great plays out there. Uh, she's been wearing the Libero again. Uh, the, 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 you know, the other color Jersey out there, the defensive specialist. Um, but then the game ends match point, Penn State uh, drives the ball into the net on the serve. Game ended on a serve violation. <laughs> so it's a little a little down, but Badgers walk away with the hardware. They're going to Tampa to play uh, Final Four for volleyball. Another great season for Kelly Sheffield and, and his team and all those wonderful ladies going down uh, there to, to play in the Final Four and hopefully come out with another national championship. And we should all watch. The whole state should get up and watch this. It's going to be great. 100%. Uh, 8.30 p.m. Central Time on, oh, the four- I gotta wash my hair. on the 14th. Yeah, right. All right. So with that, we're going to put everything else that we have into a segment of our show that we lovingly call Our Last Call. Time to look around and get your bearings. It's time for the last call. All right, sticking with what we've had here, uh, just looking quickly at WIAC basketball right now. Platteville is the only team in the the top of the Division Three rankings uh, right now. UW Platteville is twelfth, and uh, UW Oshkosh is twenty third. Looking at them within the conference, that's where uh, Platteville is seven and one right now. They've played no uh, conference games yet for any of these schools. Whitewater actually six and one, and Oshkosh five and two. Uh, then Eau Claire, Stevens Point, Lacrosse, rounding that off all the way down to start at four and five. Nobody just getting walked on just yet. Uh, women's basketball standings: uh, Whitewater and Stevens Point both start off undefeated. Whitewater nine and zero. UW Stevens Point seven and zero. Stout at eight and one. Oshkosh six and one. River Falls five and one. Women's basketball doing very well early in the WIAC. Again, none of them have played in conference yet so we'll see how this goes as the season progresses but at least some early updates for uh for basketball as we start moving down that line 
Hockey this weekend, the biggest part of men's hockey was the home-and-home series with UW-Stevens Point and UW-Eau Claire, who were ranked 8th and ninth coming into the weekend. And they remain 8th and ninth as Stevens Point gets a 2-1 win in overtime in Eau Claire and then a 2-0 win at home at uh, KB Willett, the madhouse on Minnesota Ave. 2-0 win on uh, Saturday. Stout beats River Falls on Saturday as well, 7-4. And Superior beats Northland, 3-1. Superior hanging in there uh, just right below Stevens Point in this one. Uh, River Falls had beaten Stout 5-2 the game earlier. Uh, women's hockey. Where uh, we got here? We got Scholastica. Saint Scholastica uh, gets a win over UW Superior, but loses to River Falls, the, playing in Duluth. So they had a little tournament there, uh, where Saint Olaf beat Superior, and then River Falls beat Saint Scholastica, and then uh, we'll still see River Falls versus Gustavus Adolphus coming up later at Saint Peter. That's coming up Wednesday. In terms of those rankings, though, uh, men's rankings, like I said, UW Students Point remains at 8, Eau Claire at ninth. I would expect at some point, with how well Superior has been playing, that they will start sliding into those uh, brackets at some point, uh, but not just yet. In terms of women's hockey uh, falling at this point for some of these teams, uh, River Falls right now finally getting that number one spot. They have all of the first place votes jumping uh, Gustavus um, thanks to their, their wins this weekend. Uh, Eau Claire in 10th place right now, and that's kind of where uh, Wisconsin lands. Uh, still seeing in the uh, D1, the men hold tight at 6th. They are now again receiving one vote for first place. So that's nice. 14-4-0, uh, they get the... That's their uh, own coach, by the way. What's that? You said receiving one vote. That's their own coach. Yeah, probably Hastings getting the vote for himself. Uh, Wisconsin women. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, right. Wisconsin women remaining remaining in at third. Uh, They are also fourteen four and zero on the season. So that's where we are with all of those scores. Uh, Aaron had mentioned something about, uh, and I I missed this. Uh, To be honest, I totally missed this. But uh, UW women set a. Call center record for women's basketball. Because sorry, it, was, it wasn't a Iowa. record, John. Oh, it sorry. Was, uh, it was uh, it was the Stella Crowd was the women's team's second ever since 2002. Oh, okay. So, so sellout um, crowd for the team because Iowa was in town. and I was in town. They wanted to see Clayton Clark. They got lost. Uh, they lost 87 to 65. <laughs> she's really good. And it's, it's she's really good. Uh, Iowa's really good. Um, and mind you, it's only a three-hour drive from Iowa City to Madison, up 151. So of course they all came up for it. So yeah, well, yeah, I, yeah. So I mean, it was a, it was a sellout for the women's basketball team, but uh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. They're still rebuilding. It's the second year of their new head coach, so we'll we'll see how they kind of continue to grow from that and. Maybe we'll come back to that uh, for a later episode. But thank you again, everybody, for joining us. Remember to go oh, follow us. Hey, I have, I have oh, one go ahead, Aaron. Clo- I have one thing before we close out, John. Yeah. One other thing. Go ahead. So I know you listen to the Rich Eisen podcast, right? From Sometimes. Time time. Sometimes. Yes. So check out the one from today. He had on uh, Tony Shalhoub. Oh. Uh, and cool. they talked about everything. 
Yeah, it was solid. And he was talking about because he's a Green Bay Packer fan. He grew up in Green Bay. He went to Green Bay East. He went to UW Green Bay for a while before going to Southern Maine, I believe, was the next place. And then Yale after that, obviously. <laughs> Tony Shalhoub is one of the most decorated actors in TV history For Monk. Because of Monk. And uh, he was also Wings. A, uh, a Wings and the Marvelous Miss Maisel. Oh, okay. Yeah, he played the dad on that one, too. He won some awards for that. Tony Shalhoub is awesome. Monk is one of the best shows ever made. And uh, so he had him on. And in the same show, he had Adam Driver on uh, talking about Star Wars stuff. (laughs) So if you're at all a Star Wars dork, like Tony Schlue back to back with Adam Driver talking about his time with uh, um, Harrison Ford uh, and working on that first Star Wars uh, Adam Driver is a very interesting person to listen to. Well, with that, we're just going to wrap up for the week, though. Thank you, Aaron, again for being here. And thank you, everybody, for joining us for another wonderful week of Wisconsin sports. We remind you to follow us X Twitter, Macedon, as well as Blue Sky. Uh, thank you for joining us from around Wisconsin, around the United States, and around the world. And remember, whether you are on the town or on the go, it is always on Wisconsin. This has been the Scotty Johnny Podcast. Remember to find the boys on Twitter at ScottyJohnny1 or online at ScottyJohnny.com. Thanks for listening and on Wisconsin.